skeptical about custom beauty, honestly, y'all, I totally get it. My feed is flooded with customize this and personalize that, all promising, you know, to fix all of our beauty, hair, and skin problems. Truthfully, I was so skeptical when I saw this brand, but I'm a total believer now. When pros says custom, they actually mean it. Their products are no gimmicks, and your formula couldn't exist without you. Each and every bottle of Pro's custom hair care and skin care is made to order and personalized with unique blends of naturally powerful and proven effective ingredients to meet your needs. Their in-depth consultation analyzes over 80 factors for a complete view of your life and beauty goals. And they get personal. Pros covers everything from your concerns to diet, exercise, and stress levels to uncover what's impacting your hair and skin health. Did you know, for example, that Minneapolis has like weirdly hard water, which apparently was affecting my hair? So like some of the ingredients that they put into my hair care was to like deal with the fact that we have hard water. Wow. I love that. They also asked me things like, you know, because I have had a baby recently, like, am I still breastfeeding? What are my hair goals? And I also really appreciated they asked like, how much effort do you want to put into your hair? Yeah, <laughs> because like I'm at the point, you know, I used to let, yeah, I used to do those, you know, put effort into my appearance, but now it's like, I just want to be able to walk out of the door without feeling self-conscious. Um, I, this is truly such a genuine endorsement. So I've really enjoyed using these products. But don't just take our word for it. In a third-party, double-blind, dermatologist-supervised control clinical trial, this is like the gold standard of all of these trials, Pros proved that personalization works better than off-the-shelf alternatives. Try it for yourself and get your healthiest hair in 30 days or your money back. Pros is so confident that you'll love your results that they're offering our listeners an exclusive trial offer so you can see the difference custom care can make. 50% off your first subscription order at pros.com slash just break up. That's P-R-O-S-E dot com slash just break up for your free consultation and 50% off your one-of-a-kind formulas, pros.com slash just break up. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. An unlikely friendship begins in the Paramount Plus original movie, Little Wing, starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Reeling from her parents' divorce, Caitlin steals a valuable bird to save her home, but instead forms a bond with the owner, leading to a new outlook on life. Little Wing, now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Rated PG 13. Welcome to Just Break Up, the podcast about love, heartbreak, and all the relationship advice you don't want to hear. My name is Sierra DeMolder. And I'm Sam Blackwell. This week, we're going to tackle topics like asking about the past, exercising ghosts, finding people like us, and also finding ourselves. (laughs) And does everyone really deserve to be happy? Hmm. But before we begin, we just want to give you our Surgeon General's warning, which is that we don't know what we're talking about. We know nothing. <laughs> we don't. Yeah, we're not professionals. We are we have we are garbage people. We've dated garbage people. <laughs> right? Like having No, you absolutely. Dated? No, I just sorry, I was picturing us in like coveralls, like <laughs> like taking garbage out to like the garbage truck, like oh, as yeah. if we are garbage people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean I would do that if it paid off. You well. know, when I was four, I really wanted to be a garbage 
man. Yeah, I know a lot of kids who are like, fuck, yeah, garbage man. Yeah, it seems man. awesome. You get to drive the big truck. But then my parents told me they had to wake up early. And I was like, <laughs> no, I'm not as into that. <laughs> anyway, please take our advice as you see fit. We're obviously <laughs> here to offer our humble musings to hopefully shed some understanding and maybe some laughs on the incredibly rewarding but mostly confusing experience that is love. Welcome to episode 22, Sam. 22. Amazing. Yeah. Thanks to everybody who hung out with us at our Instagram live happy hour. And thank you to everyone who has already subscribed to be our patron on Patreon. Yay. So exciting. Make sure to check that out. It's on all of our social medias, our website, and our Facebook. Um, Our Patreon is just $5 a month, and you get access to one extra episode a week. Mm -hmm. And that helps us keep the lights on, the mics on, and pay Big Cats, our wonderful producer, um, please consider donating or subscribing to support us. Absolutely. And also keep buying our merch. Yeah. Yeah. You guys all look so sexy in those black, black, black dad hats. Oh, they look so good. Yeah. Um, I had to explain to my friend what a dad hat is. Oh, I had never heard it called a dad hat until you called it that like four weeks ago or whatever. Yeah. Dad and I was hat. like, I don't They're just mean, baseball like a hats. Baseball cap? Yeah. But that like aren't flat filled. You know, got it. Okay. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. dads wear them and daddies wear them. You know mm. what I mean? Yeah, know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> What's our check in this week? What is our check in this week? Oh, I know what it is. It's uh, so last week was Thanksgiving. Um, I got to spend Thanksgiving with Sam and Sam's beautiful family and his parents, whom I love and adore. Mm-hmm. It was fantastic. The food was delicious. Good. And we also had a Friendsgiving um, later in the week. You and I hosted our friends um, yep. at my apartment, and that was so fun. Um, but it made me think about like relationships and the way I think a lot of people might have spent this week with their family, whether mm-hmm. willingly or unwillingly. Yeah. <laughs> and it made me think about like the people's relationship to family and where family fits in their romantic life. Mm-hmm. And I thought maybe we could chat about that. Like, you know, um, everybody's different, but like, when did you, when do you bring family into your romantic life and, and what role does it play for you? Yeah. I'm so when I was dating, I was super um, reluctant to like bring people like to meet my family mm. and I was always like uh you will get to meet this person when I know that it's like a serious relationship where do you think that comes from um or just you know, like logical like <laughs> no I think I think that my family um has always sort of valued um like partnership and mm-hmm. like um has always wanted to like um, I think it like it was always a goal to like get married right right? and so like good job right i know i did it (laughs) see mom and dad you can finally be proud of me i'm just kidding (laughs) oh god um and so like i didn't want to bring someone in to like meet my parents if they it wasn't gonna work out because i didn't want to have to then be like yeah so sorry that broke up yeah um but like that's i think something that is like it's very it's my family like this just the idea that like you wouldn't bring someone to the to meet my parents unless they were like ready to go. Yeah, totally. Um, and do you think that your feelings are still like, do you, do you mirror your parents' feelings about the importance of like family and partnership? You know, like, do you Mm -hmm. like having them? I know that they're huge fans of Peter and that they, you guys do a lot together. Is that important to you? Yeah. I mean, I spent, um, 
like I see my family probably like once every other week yeah. and we like hang out with them. Um, and it's, I mean, it's been super nice to have them in my life and I really value my family yeah. and, um, in the way that they've supported me and just like, they're cool people, like getting to hang out with them. Yeah. Um, and I just love how much they love Peter. Oh my God. He's the best. And I love how much they love all of my friends. <laughs> They are the best about that. <laughs> Sam's not on Facebook, but all I do is like like every single post his dad posts. Um, yeah, no, my dad is my dad is so supportive. So adorable. Sometimes I write blogs for like my work website and no one reads them because like who reads a work website? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Except for my dad, oh who my then comments on every one of them. Oh my god, he's so cute. I love <laughs> says, him so like, that's much. great. Or like way to go. So proud of you, Sam. Aww. <laughs> That's so cute. Like, uh-huh. Yep. That's great. Um, I think that I have always really valued getting to meet my significant other's family. Like, mm. I think I, I, especially, you know, we live in Minnesota and my family is from upstate New York and the rest of my family lives on the East Coast in various mm. cities. And I, I, when I was younger, I really missed having a regular family to see. I see my family a lot given we live states apart. Yeah. But I really love being able to like go to my significant other's family holiday or whatever. Like, oh, I went to your Thanksgiving. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think it it like I think chosen family, whether you love your family or not, is really important. Yeah. And I I have found that chosen family in my significant other's families in the mm. past. Yeah. Um I think the one thing that I might have been like, and you and I ha- might have a unique experience in terms of like having a good relationship with our parents, like yep. wanting to bring our partners home, feeling safe enough to bring them home. Yep. And on that note, I think I have been guilty in the past. Like we've talked a lot about like queerness on this podcast and we've talked about um, shame and, and like internalized homophobia. And I have been guilty of not bringing home the, or like, I guess not bringing home the partners that would like veer off of my heterosexuality. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> but to give real. myself some because it was easier. It was like maintaining. I'd rather maintain a peaceful, harmonious relationship than like yep. you know upset that. But to be fair, or to give myself some grace, um, I have only brought a small handful of people home to meet my family. Mm-hmm. Um, because like you, I think I would wait, especially with the distance. It doesn't hurt, <laughs> yeah. For you sure. know, yep. um, to like bring people to meet my family is a big deal because they're far away. We ha- like travel is involved. And yep. and at this point, um, I would only do it if I if I felt like it was a the real deal, you know. Yeah. Yep. Um, but in the past, like my most significant ex um, who I was with for several years him having a relationship with my family was really important to me mm-hmm. and like really cherished. Yeah. 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 I think it's, um, it's great when you're, you can find a place for yourself and your significant other's family yeah. too. And like, you know, what's really beautiful. Like maybe to speak to like, I'm no longer with that person, um, but we're still close and he provides me an somebody that who knows my family intimately because he had independent relationships with them mm-hmm. separate of me. So He's like who I turn to when I want to talk about my family issues or mm-hmm. like 
explain something going on in our dynamic. He is somebody that I, because I'm lucky enough to have an ex who is still really important to me and in yeah. my life, um, I will will never lose that. He's He and I are always the people that kind of know each other's family in that intimate way. I yeah. think it's really special to me. And I feel really lucky that I still have that, even though we're not together. Yeah, for sure. It's always good to have that person that you can like talk about family yeah. stuff with. And I will also say, like, just talking about the chosen family, like, I am also very lucky in that my parents are so accepting yeah. and loving of my chosen family. Right. Um, and definitely, like, see them as, like, valuable parts of my life. And, totally. like, and they're always just, like, you just have such wonderful friends. And yeah. I'm, like, I, I mean, I really do. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. But it's also wonderful that you see that and that, like, you, you want to be part it of it. as important, yeah. yeah. And Peter's family is the same way. Like, mm-hmm. his sister, like... What's up, girl? <laughs> hey, Angela. Hey, we love you. <laughs> we love you especially because you're a great time, <laughs> but also because you fucking tell everyone you know about our podcast, and we love that. Oh no, you Thanks, do, and it's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, all of our new listeners are from Angela, <laughs> Peter's sister. Um. Anyway, I think that maybe like that that check-in topic could have gotten like a lot more dramatic or painful if we did, had different relationships with our family. Absolutely. Um, so to anybody out there who maybe didn't spend Thanksgiving with their family um, because they didn't feel safe, yep. um, we want to say we love you and we'll be a part of your long distance chosen family. Absolutely. In whatever way that family shows up. Yep, definitely. Yeah. You ready to get in some letters? Let's do it. All right. Our first letter is from Kelsey O, who's writing to us from Boston. Kelsey writes, Hi, lovelies. I met this guy on an app about a month ago. We've been on a few dates and everything seems to be going really well so far. He's really sweet and we have a lot in common. I'm 21 and he's 26. So far, the age gap hasn't been weird or uncomfortable at all. He added me on Facebook about a week ago. And being the good person that I am, I stalked his entire profile. (laughs) But honestly, who wouldn't? And I found an entire album of his wedding pictures. What? He mentioned in another post on Facebook that he's divorced. So I know this isn't a side mistress kind of deal. But now I feel like I'm sitting on a big secret I shouldn't have known to begin with. He hasn't once mentioned it or even hinted at it. But he has mentioned his exes a few times. I want to talk about it, especially if we keep hanging out and start a more serious relationship. But also since we aren't dating yet, he doesn't have any obligation to tell me. Ideally, I hope he can bring it up himself when he feels ready to tell me. I also feel like if I'm the one who brings it up, he'll know that I'm a creep and stalked his Facebook. But guys, it's hard to keep a secret this big. I know this is what I get for poking around on people's Facebooks, but I also feel like he didn't. if he didn't really want me to know, he wouldn't have it public on his profile anyway. Any thoughts? Much love, Kelsey. Kelsey. This is a great question. <laughs> this is such a good question <laughs> because guess what? Everybody stalks on Facebook. I know. You're I was just totally going to say, right. like, rant here. <laughs> everyone stalks everyone's social media. Totally. So, like, let's, let's eliminate the shame around that. Not just that. We stalk our exes. Oh, and, and our exes' the, new BFs. Yeah, and our new, like, f- our new love's exes. Like, yes. I'm, I'm, like, 30 people deep on my, <laughs> on my significant other's Instagram. I mean, I mean... Uh, Facebook when I'm dating somebody new. Yep. So first of all, let's eliminate the shame around that. Yeah, totally. Because we all do it. We're like, and it's, let's 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 not call it stalking to cut because like stalking is a real. Let's call it doing research. Yeah, I was gonna say detective work. 
Because stalking is a real thing that is actually like really traumatic yes, we, to a lot of people's lives. Yep. Um, but I accidentally say Facebook stalking all the time, but I want to replace it with detective work or research. Yes. Scientific doing, research. Doing Facebook research. <sighs> Secondly, if you're going to be mad about someone finding something out about you because of your Facebook, don't put it on your yeah, Facebook. Yeah, delete your profile. Period. But, okay, so let's, <laughs> it's bigger than that. It's bigger than that because I know, but just I like side rent and no, now no, we can go to the heart of the matter. <laughs> So, um, first, I want to talk a little bit about divorce shame because I've had two people that I dated um, not like go for months into our relationship without telling me that they were divorced. Yep. And because they told me, like, I found out about it months into it, I, I was like kind of pissed because not because they did anything wrong. I, I like literally don't care. Mm-hmm. Um, it's in a huge part of your life. So I felt like they kept a huge part of their life from me, right? Mm-hmm. And that they they didn't tell me it kind of like fell out, mm-hmm. you know, like the the fact it like fell out um accidentally. It made me feel like they were hiding it from me and that made it a thing that it wasn't. It wasn't a thing and then that made it a thing. You yep. know what I mean? But in hindsight, I also like I have to recognize that there's a lot of shame around divorce, particularly in dating new people. Mm-hmm. Because then you're like, oh my God, not only will I, I seem like damaged goods, but I failed a relationship. Yep. Right. I failed the relationship that was supposed to last forever. Right. And that is unappealing. That not only is I like stigmatized in a lot of religions and cultures, but it makes that that person look like a unsuccessful romantic prospect. Yeah. So let's recognize that he might mm-hmm. be ashamed. Right. Yep. He might not want to look like somebody who quote unquote failed something. Absolutely. When you don't fail relationships, you just they just don't work. That's Absolutely. all. And I think it can be like it's one of those things that's like, how do you disclose that in like a way that's not like awkward? Yeah, totally. <laughs> like I mean, I'm there I'm sure that there are divorced people out there who are able to do that and it's like, oh my ex my ex wife, like right. you know, I'm divorced or whatever. But like does he have to sit down and be like, Listen, I have something to tell you. I've I've been divorced. But I think <laughs> I think that's what I'm getting. Well, that's what I want to get to is that like, I think you're right. Like, hypothetically, it should just be like, hey, um, just so you know, I hope this doesn't change the way you feel about me because it doesn't change the way I feel about you and our future. But I was married once. I really believed in that relationship, but things went sour. And now I'm trying to find love again. Like, we make things a thing. (laughs) No, true. We make them taboo and difficult. Um, And I think our advice to you um, is actually to to not make it a thing mm-hmm. because guess what you were on his Facebook doing research <laughs> <laughs> and you can just say like literally like play it cool this is the only time we're ever gonna fucking tell people to be chill <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna say we're like like be all suave and be like hey by the way I was on your Facebook and you can also like laugh about it it's funny yep. <laughs> it's startling but like. <laughs> Address it as though it's not a thing, because if it's not a thing, like, create that space, right? Yep. So you can just say, Sam and I think you should ask him about it and just say, hey, I was on your Facebook and I saw an album of your wedding. I didn't know you were divorced. Um, can I know when this happened? Right. Yeah. Can I just, like, add, like how long were you together? Yeah. Or what was her name? Like, what, you know, there's there's absolutely ways that you can talk about this in a way that gets at sort of past relationships in general too right like we and maybe he doesn't want to talk about it but you can if that's true if he shuts down the conversation if he's like oh i don't want to talk about it you can say 
oh, okay, cool. Well, I just wanted you to know it doesn't change the way I feel about you. Mm-hmm. Period. Like, again, affirmation sandwiches. <laughs> it's not that you're playing stupid, but you're playing open and positive, right? Yep. Like you're you're approaching the situation with an open heart and a positive attitude and and you're not allowing shame to breed in this relationship. Absolutely. I also just want to to call out like that marriages are basically just relationships, right? right. Like we all have things that we come into new relationships with. Things that we have tried and failed, relationships that have gone yeah, like recipes, <laughs> woodworking, <Damn muffins>. yeah. <laughs> uh, or you know, um, like bad breakups. Like these things are things that that come into a relationship, um, and I think we're weird about marriage and divorce in a way that I don't like. I don't know why we st- like keep the same amount of or put the so much weight on marriage and divorce. I think that's because, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> to be fair, Sam, you walked down to the aisle, walked down the aisle to a song about, like, death, dying. <laughs> I did. Naked As We Came by Iron and Wine. Oh, my God. I cried like a little baby. I kept, went throughout the wedding planning process, I was like, well, weddings are basically about death. And Peter was like, no, um, they're not. <laughs> Why yeah. do you keep saying that? So you really... <laughs> You right now, present day, were like, I just don't, like don't get it. Like why weddings are like such a big deal. And oh, so like yeah. just maybe to deprive my context, like I don't think you're the person to like be the litmus test on like why we should care about weddings. True. <laughs> or marriages, I mean. But I have my own feelings about marriage even though I am married. No, so. I know, I know. Okay, <laughs> Where I'm like, but, what is this thing and why did we do it? Right. I'm not entirely sure, but Love glad you, we did it. Very glad. <laughs> Anyway, um, I think what what you're trying to get at is, like, we, because of, like, the religious foundation in our culture, the history of marriage, um, how divorce has been literally criminalized Mm -hmm. in countries and past histories. Yep. um, I just think that we take this vow really seriously. And then when it doesn't work out, there's so much shame and brokenness because yep. it's so public too, right? Yep. Like you, it's literally, you have to take legal action versus right. like, hey, I'm just going to delete your phone number For and sure. we're never going to talk to each other again. I think there's just like a lot of like shit wrapped up in that. Definitely. So this guy is obviously feeling something on that spectrum that we just described. Or maybe he's not and he just was like, yeah. Talked about his ex, but didn't realize he had to be clear that he was talking about yeah. his ex-wife. Yeah. Because, because maybe it, it's a different, it has a different meaning for him than it does for you. So, right. again, like, come into this conversation with him about it with curiosity and not with, a, like, a, any sort of accusation or judgment. Right, because like, it might be that he's like, oh, I talked about my ex. I oh, guess I yeah, never yeah, mentioned yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I guess I never realized that I didn't tell you that we had totally. been married. Like, there's an infinite number of possibilities here. So having this conversation with coming in it with openness and curiosity is going to get at or create room for all different types of reactions from him. Yeah. So I think what we're saying is we think you should just ask him and, and let it be what it is. Don't make it into a thing that's, that it isn't. And to anybody out there who's divorced and now dating, I think we want to say you're under no obligation to share something that makes you feel uncomfortable. However, it's, it's got to come out at some point because not because you that you owe it to them, but because you want them to know you. Yeah. Relationships are about vulnerability and about opening up to people. And 
vulnerability means sharing things that you might not necessarily be proud of. And the more you wait, the more the bigger the basket of shame that you have to untangle is, right? Again, just like our submitter, just there's a way to bring it up that that doesn't give it any extra importance. And to be honest, divorce is nothing to be ashamed of and you aren't broken or less lovable because you're divorced. Absolutely. Anyway, we love you. Thank you so much for writing in. Yeah, thank you. All right, y'all know that Sam and I record every single episode of Just Break Up virtually. So I literally see this beautiful person on Zoom like multiple times a week. And every time Sam pops up into Zoom, I comment on their outfit. And I swear, like 99% of the time, I'm like, oh my God, that outfit is so cute. Where did you get it? Sam says quince. You too can upgrade your wardrobe with luxury essentials at unbeatable prices. Quince is here to transform the way you shop with a range of high quality items priced within reach. That's right. They have 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters for $50, organic cotton sweaters, washable silk tops, and timeless 14 karat gold jewelry. And the best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middle person and passes that saving on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. I love that. Y'all have heard me talk about my leather bag that I use as both a laptop bag and a diaper bag. And I love it because (laughs) (laughs) honestly, it looks really cute in every single circumstance that I use it. Indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash just break up for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E.com slash just break up to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash just break up. All right, head and heart workers, you know, I'm all about tackling our money shame and becoming fiscally empowered, regardless of how much money we make or how much debt we have. I think it's such a crucial step in our own self-acceptance and empowerment. That's why I love that today's episode is sponsored by Rocket Money. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. With Rocket Money, you can see all of your subscriptions in one place. And if you see something you don't want, you can just cancel it with a tap. You never have to get on the phone with customer service. They'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple of months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is take a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in canceled unwanted subscriptions. And listen, we always talk to you about like conflict styles and open and honest communications, but honestly, save your energy and get Rocket Money to cancel those subscriptions for you. (laughs) Stop 
stop wasting yeah. you money. You don't need to practice that. Yeah. We don't need to do head and heart work with like customer service representatives. You know what I mean? Like just like use the middle person. Just get Rocket Money in there to help you do what you need to do. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash just break up. That's rocketmoney.com slash just break up. Rocketmoney.com slash just break up. Great. Our next letter is from Haunted House. (laughs) (laughs) A little flair for the drama, eh? I like you already. Right? Uh, So they are writing from The Void. Uh, 24 years old, female, grad student, uh, marriage and family therapy. I know you have talked about being ghosted on the podcast before, but recently I was ghosted after being honest and direct with a guy who has been inconsistent with me since June. Last year, I talked with a guy for five months who ended it, then tried to come back, then completely cut me off when I was straightforward and asked him what he wanted from me. He never answered. (laughs) This other guy was really great. We had a connection I haven't felt in a while, and we were both on the same page about wanting to get to know each other more. We talked for a month, and suddenly he became inconsistent and hard to get a hold of. After a couple of months of not talking, I didn't push it, accepted that he didn't like me, and moved on. Two weeks ago, I had a missed call and voicemail from him apologizing for being absent and saying that he really wanted to, quote, catch up. He kept miss or we kept missing each other's calls and I called him out for being inconsistent, to which he agreed and said sorry and wanted to meet up when I was in his area this week. When I tried to make plans with him, he never answered. I gave it a few days, then texted him to voice my frustration about him reaching out to communicate and then leaving me hanging again. This also got no reply. I know he sounds like the worst, but I know he's a solid dude. Closure is so important to me, and although I know that silence is an answer, it just isn't enough for me. However, I also am a strong and ind- I am strong and independent, snaps, and I don't <laughs> want to beg someone to give me answers. Additionally, since this has happened again, it's making me feel like I'm too much or too emotional, and it's just plain embarrassing. What should I do? With uh, honest love, I got more ghosts than a haunted house. Ooh, I like that sign off. <laughs> All right, haunted house. I am sorry that you keep getting ghosted on. Yeah, people are awful. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> this coming from Thank a person <laughs> who has who has ghosted. Oh, totally. Many I've times. ghosted. I've ghosted. Maybe let's first, like you know, check ourselves, humble ourselves. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Can we? Oh my god, this might be a little too much, but can you tell me like? reasons why you ghosted let's humanize the ghost get it (laughs) (laughs) um i've ghosted because i have been uh seeing multiple people at the same time Mm. and one of them started going in better than the other one and so i just sort of let the other one go away (laughs) samuel (laughs) samuel blackwell i know i never said i was a nice person i just realized for the first time that samuel blackwell sounds like a like a pioneer name. Oh, yeah, for like sure. Like you burned a witch at Salem. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to tell you my, like, say my middle name, but I don't, I feel like I don't want to say that, like, on the podcast. <laughs> I know what your middle name is. But right doesn't make me sound yeah, even totally. more like, yeah. Samuel Blackwell. <laughs> I hear about decree something, something, something. Burned at the stake. You burned me. Like, a past life, like, oh, why we're so sure. close is that, like, you were burning me at a stake and then, like, your little, like, pantaloons got caught on fire. We both died at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. 
<laughs> and then we were, re- were reborn on the same day, two years apart. Right. <laughs> exactly. Um, okay, so what Haunted House. It? Oh, so what? Wait. Oh, we're, humani- we're humanizing. 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 We're boominizing the ghosts. <laughs> we're so dumb. <laughs> okay, we're humanizing the ghosts, so you ghosted because you were seeing somebody else. Uh, yes. Which was naughty of you. Because, it was. But we're holding ourselves accountable and we're humanizing why people ghost. I have ghosted because, like, I just wasn't really feeling it. And the emotional work it would have taken to, like, explain why I wasn't feeling it felt, like, too much, given that we'd only gone on, like, two dates. Totally. I mean, I'm just being honest. No, I I think this is important. (laughs) I honestly think, like, I'm not going to be proud of what I'm about to say. And, like, if we, if people wrote in about what we're saying right now, we'd be like, oh, my God, these people are dicks. But guess what? (laughs) We can be dicks and awesome people at the same time. Like. The duality of life is that we're always learning and growing and trying to be better. And I hope I will never ghost anyone again. Yes. Have, Why have you ghosted? Um, This is a terrible, terrible answer. But um, I was really busy. <laughs> <laughs> I just traveled a uh-huh. lot. And I think in the same thing that what you said yeah. of like not having the investment and I think that's what it more is. It's like they would text and then I'd be like, oh, I'll respond to that later. And then it would be like three days later and I'd be like, oh, shit. And they'd be like, oh, my God, why aren't you talking to me? You yeah. hate me. And you're like, ugh. But however, to call myself out on my own horridness. And I don't think I would do this now. I feel like I have made a vow of like, you know, honest communication. I think that in the past it's been like hard to put that emotional energy in there but now i know it it literally is just one text message yeah and then you can go you can say like hey i'm sorry i haven't reaching out to you um i really enjoyed our time together but i'm just not feeling this right now um i'm too busy and i can't date anyone or hey i'm sorry i haven't been around um i don't think that i can maintain this relationship anyway i hope you're doing well or whatever yeah like it it does take that and if they want to continue the conversation after that then you don't owe them anything right so shame on us in the past for not doing it also i think that i've ghosted in the past when i didn't trust that person to have a healthy response yeah that's so real. I know, right? Yeah. No, and that is, yeah. Yeah, right? I've had, in, I've had instances where I've tried to not ghost and then, like, and then had to, like, just stop responding to them yeah. because, like, it got so, like, totally crazy. Like, tell me all the reasons why you don't want to date me. And I'm like, I'm not going to do that. Right, 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 right. I also, think this has is... a dismissive attachment style. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, bye. <laughs> Um, anyway, this is, I think we, I think that was important to Mm -hmm. say. Yep. Now, moving into the next part of the show in which we tear down this ghost. (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) Um, so Haunted House, um, we're sorry you were ghosted. It sucks. We did it because we were, uh, inadequate at that time. We were not, we couldn't give our significant others. Well, I was never really dating them, but like we couldn't give the people we were involved with the respect and time that they deserved. and. I regret it, but I, yep. I can't I can't think that I'm a bad person because of that. Yep. And I can just try to do better in the future. Okay, back to you, Haunted House. You're right. Um, that silence is an answer is a real thing. Mm-hmm. He has told you everything that that he has to tell you in this ghosting. Yep. Right. Um but you say it isn't enough for you. Mm-hmm. And I respect that. I totally respect that. 
because I am kind of like a control freak. I'm also an over communicator. I like to talk everything out, even with people who've hurt me. I want to be like, this is how you hurt me. And this is how I understand why you hurt me. Like, I just want to have like <laughs> every expansive conversation ever. Yep. But guess what? That's not real. <laughs> that can't happen. Um, unfortunately, closure is really important to a lot of us. But closure is not as tangible and as satisfying as we make it out to be. Yep. There is not going to be anything that's going to, like, put a neat bow on any of our relationships. Right. And so it's up to us to figure out how to create closure for ourselves in the ambiguity of everyday life. Right. all relationships ending and the weirdness that is that or all situationships like fizzling out. Yeah. It's up to us to figure out like, how do I how do I do the head and heart work for myself to like process through this and be like, OK, that's done now. Yeah, because I, I take back what I said. The reality is closure is real and it does make us feel better. And mm-hmm. like that last conversation might make me feel better and it might feel really good to say X, Y and Z to the person that I want to say it to. Yep. But the reality is I can't always have that. It's like a kid in a candy store. Like I I can't give I can't grant myself every opportunity to say everything I need to say because one, those those opportunities won't be given to me. Yeah. Right. Like we cannot control who wants to speak to us yeah. and when and why. Absolutely. And two, at the end of the day, I know that anything I want to say to my ex who hurt me is only for my own benefit. And somehow I have to figure out a way where like me saying it to myself is enough, right? Like why does he need to be a part of it or she need to be a part of it? Absolutely. Um, And I think like what's what's great is that you did say your piece, right? Like you texted texted him and said, and and you're like, like, you're being inconsistent. Like I'm frustrated. Yeah. And the fact that he didn't respond is not, um, doesn't reflect the worthiness of those feelings or like your right to say them it just means that either he's too tepid to like have an emotional response to that and like get back to you mm-hmm. like we like, were <laughs> <laughs> yep <laughs> uh or he's just like done but yeah. in any case like you can't change the way he's responding you can only you you did the thing that was uh you got your feelings out there you said the thing right. that you needed to say and that's fantastic and great so like that's the thing that brings the closure, not his response to you. Right. And you say, I know silence is an answer, but it just isn't enough for me. But the problem is rejecting his silence would be like somebody saying, I love you. And you being like, no, 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 you don't want to reject that. That's not true. Right. Right. You're rejecting his truth. Like, you're right. It might not feel like enough to you, but to reject it, to say like, yes, it isn't enough. You're right. It isn't enough. But he that void, he's never going to fill it. <laughs> yep. And you can't fill it with him. Absolutely. It can't. It's not going to be a duet. Yep. And that silence, silence is an answer, right? Yeah. So you have to accept that and answer. We know There's you no know way that. You, <laughs> you actually, I just want to, we're, we're like going off on this. But one, you seem really emotionally intelligent and like you understand what's going on here. Mm-hmm. And two, this is hard. Yep. And it feels really embarrassing to be ghosted. Yep. And so we're going to like back off for one second and just say like, damn, like this is hard. Like it sucks to be ghosted. It sucks yep. to be dumped in any way. Like this is hard. And and this type of emotional work around being ghosted or or 
or finding closure, it's fucking difficult. And it goes against the grain of what I think we've been trained to want or to do. Yep. Like, we've been trained that if there's a problem, do something about it. So right now your heart's saying, there's a problem, there's a problem, do something. And you go to what caused that problem, right? Yep. Like, we we look for solutions in what hurt us. Mm-hmm. But it's the real head and heart work is finding the solution internally yep. or even just not with that fucking dude <laughs> and you say he's a solid dude and i bet he is because we're all multifaceted people who contain multiple whole identities within us meaning he can be a dick and be a good guy at the same time yep but in this instance it doesn't matter that he's a solid dude no nope. i don't care that he's like a well-rounded dude everyone is to an extent yep but what does it mean for right now and for your relationship with him it's right. okay to to want higher standards absolutely just because he's a solid dude doesn't mean that he didn't hurt you right? right so like you can be mad at him because he hurt you even though he's an all-around good guy and you can say i'm not gonna look to you for comfort because i know i'm not gonna find that in you just because you might be like off like donating your money to charity or like, I don't know, feeding <laughs> right. like three-legged puppies yep. like somewhere. You know, he might be the most awesome dude, but in this instance, he was shitty to you. And it's okay to give that as much weight as his good solidness, you know? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I hope that, <laughs> I hope we weren't too, too hard on you. <laughs> Uh, we, yeah. we basically were like, uh, we totally get white people ghost, like deal with it. <laughs> and that's, to be clear, Haunted House, that's not how we feel. No. Um, that's not how we feel. We just know that seeking closure from people who ghost, it's, it's, an, it's a cycle of abuse on yourself, right? Yep. And the, the stronger thing, or not stronger, that's, that's the wrong word, but like the more, more holistic thing, the gift that you can give to yourself is to recognize like, there's no comfort here. I can find comfort elsewhere. Yep, absolutely. We just wanted to make the realities as clear as possible yeah. because like this is we don't like the situation, but like this is sort of the way that the the that dating is working right now is like people date you and then they ghost and like yeah. you can demand better and you should cuz you deserve better, but wading through the muck is and maybe, yeah, and demanding better from the person who ghosted you, it's, it's, you're never going to get full off that. Yeah. And they're not worth your time. But let's time out for a second and talk about, like, a lot of my friends, like, I feel, I feel like I'm going to relate to this, particularly the idea that Haunted House wrote that they had, like, a little bit of a history with this person mm-hmm. and that he went away and came back and then went away again. And I just... Maybe we can just speak to like how hard it is to draw a line to somebody who you invested time in. Yep. Or or have and like again, the battle zone that is dating. Yep. Right. I feel like a lot of my dear friends, they cross boundaries that they wouldn't normally cross because it's not out of desperation, but it's about like a belief in love, right? Yeah. Or that or a desire to be accepted or a desire to feel loved or 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 more importantly, I think, is like why I struggle with closure, why I want to have every conversation ever and to and to really, you know, similar to you, Haunted House, like it just isn't enough for me. <laughs> like mm-hmm. I relate to that sentence so much. Why I relate to it is because I just want to understand. Mm-hmm. Like, I just want to find 
that understanding and I want everything to be okay. Yeah. Maybe it's like the divorced child in me, sure. but I want, I, I don't want my exes to be villains. I want to understand why they hurt me so that I can humanize them. And, you know, like I, yep. I do that work so unnecessarily. Do mm-hmm. you, can you, do you relate to any of that? Or do you see people in your lives doing that? Oh, I think so. Yeah. And I think it's because you're um, like, yeah, I see you bitch. <laughs> <laughs> You were going to say that, but I will about myself. <laughs> um, no comments. Uh, yeah, but I think it's also because people like want to see the best in people, yeah. right? And I think I have the distinct pleasure of being friends with a lot of helpers, yeah. right? Of people who want to care for people. Yeah. Um, and I think that's a great, wonderful thing. And like, it's been really beneficial for me and the way that my friends have and uh, been able to take care of me. But it's like, I also see that um, for sure in that like people want, see the good in people and like want to help them, yeah. right? And want to like see that good and like nurture it. Right. Um, and I think that that's a really noble thing to do, but it also is like, it can be something that just like eats away at you. Yeah. If you keep returning to a haunted house, you are going to only find ghosts. Absolutely. And also remember, this is coming from the man who broke up with his boyfriend and then lived with him for two years because he, <laughs> I was convinced he was the only, I was the only one that could ever see the good in him. So <laughs> I think the they call that charity. The, yeah. <laughs> pot calling the kettle black in this one. <laughs> yeah. Haunted house. We love you. We feel you. We're on this battlefield with you. Yep. Um, we think that you should leave this guy, leave this guy in the graveyard and yep. move on and and go to the living. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. Keep him from texting you by block, 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 block. <laughs> yes. <laughs> black, 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 black. You know who can't text? Ghosts because they don't have hands. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I can make a thousand poltergeist, you know, jokes, but I'm going to end it on that haunted house. We love you. Thanks for writing. Thank you. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Up next, we have a letter from Ace at Home Base, who is writing to us from Australia. Ooh. Ace writes, Hi, guys. Big fans of the podcast and all uh, your other creative works. My pronouns are she, her. You've both got me through a lot, and I'm super grateful. I know. I love that smiley face. I'm asexual, pan-romantic, I think, and I want to start dating. I'm 18 and have never been in a romantic relationship. Due to my current situation and mental health, I spend a lot of time at home, only leaving for class at university. I don't know how or where to pe- meet people and also to how to broach the subject of my asexuality with possible partners. I understand that non-ace people need sex as much as I don't need it, but I also think I need and want a romantic relationship. 
My parents and other people I talk to say that I will feel physical attraction when I meet the right person, but I can't help but feeling something is different about my experience of attraction. Quote, you haven't just met, you haven't met the right guy yet is my least favorite phrase right now. <laughs> How do I navigate the dating world dominated by apps like Tinder, which is all about physical attraction, as someone who doesn't experience physical attraction? P.S. The place I come from has no groups or meetups for asexual people, so the likelihood of me finding another ace person is very slim. Slim. Sad face. Mm. Ace, thanks so much for writing this. Um, yeah, I think this is a great question. And um, before we, like, affirm everything about your adorable <laughs> self, <laughs> Sam and I are going to just give you some actual, tangible ways to approach dating. Yep. Um, first of all, we... Went on the good old friend internet. That's right. <laughs> and what did you find, Sam? Uh, so was looking, looked up uh, <laughs> some reviews on uh, asexual dating sites. Okay. Um, and so I found a couple that were recommended by people on the internet. So like, take this with a grain of salt because right. the internet is the internet. We live on the internet. Um, asexualitic. <laughs> Com? You just can't read my handwriting, can you? <laughs> Asexualytic.com was recommended um, by some folks who had, I mean, it was Reddit, but they all seemed like earnest when I read through it. Yeah, I think it, you said that um, there were some, it was asexual people talking about meeting their partners on this website. Yep. It's called Asexualytic spelled. A-S-E-X-U-A-L-I-T-I-C.com. Um Okay, Cupid also has the ability to um, filter by um, asexual or demisexual, so possibilities there as well. Um, and also, we think that Tinder does have the option to filter by asexual. No, 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 you're you completely wrong. <laughs> I don't know. It says Tinder exclamation point. Right. <laughs> no, I was gonna say Ace that um, I actually want to push back or add to your experience of tinder that like when i was on tinder yes you're right it comes off as like a superficial visual like attraction based app but i think i've i've experienced because dating is really hard and meeting people is really hard regardless of um how you identify i do think i've seen folks use tinder as a less um attraction based app meaning there is a way for you to put on there pictures of things that you're interested in you know like you can put a picture of you and your cat and your favorite tv show and your favorite book and you can write in your bio that that's how you identify and the people who aren't interested in that are going to swipe and you'll never know you'll never have to interact with them um i i just wanted to add that because don't get me wrong i i see Absolutely how this creates hurdles that somebody who is not asexual doesn't have to experience. Like, mm-hmm. dating is hard enough. I can't imagine the stress that this adds to it. So yep. I just want to, like, you know, give you a little hug across the ocean mm-hmm. about that. But I do think that there is a way to put yourself out there on these more mainstream dating apps that helps to filter your identity and your experience and your desires to help you hopefully meet other people um, who want the same thing as you do. And I think it's really mature of you to say, like, I understand that non-asexual people need sex as much as I don't. Um, Like, that's very, like, mature and well-rounded of you. Um, But I also want to echo that I I think that there are people out there for you to find. I know it feels hard right now, but I don't want you to give up hope. Absolutely. And I think, you know, um, 
18 is like a really great time to like learn about yourself too. Right. right? And I think um, it's fantastic that you um, have identified yourself as asexual and panromantic. And I think that's fantastic. Um, I think labels can be really um, comforting because you see yourself in a community or you see yourself in other people. Um, I know that like when I have chosen my labels, they've, or, or um, when I have done research about some of my experiences and I found that there's more, there's a common word to use to explain X, Y, and Z. It's yep. brought me a lot of comfort and a sense of self, right? Absolutely. Like it helps me build myself. Yeah. And I think it's, um, there's definitely power in that too, of being able to, to like claim what you are and have that identity is, is awesome. Um, and I think that there is also an opportunity for us to just sort of experience things as they happen, right? I think sometimes if we think like, oh, I am I am this, therefore my relationship has to look like this. Um, and there's a there's a wide opportunity with beyond that as well. Right. I think what we're trying to say is your parents and friends that are like, oh my God, you just haven't met the, met the right boy yet. No, that's dumb. They're just dumb. <laughs> they're not dumb, but that is... Um, that's uh, in, inappropriate, and it's, it's not doing the work that you need them to do, right? Because yep. Sam and I see your identity, your chosen um, label, the the community and the lifestyle that you most identify with. We see that. We acknowledge it. And we say, yes, we love you. We accept you. We and we see you, that sure. choice, yep. right? Like, yep. Like that's especially, be, you know, in a culture that I think doesn't self-reflect nearly as much as I want them to. Yep. I love when people say, no, no, this is me. Like, I'm not like this. I'm like this. Mm-hmm. Like, yep. so we want to commend you for that. But I also think that, like, in a world that's going to constantly push back on you, I, I think that Sam and I want to leave you with the idea that whatever you are at any time in your life is okay. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, I love that you're asexual right now. And I will love you if you're asexual in 10, 15, 20 years for the rest of your life. But if in five years you meet somebody and you want to show your love in a different way, that's okay too. I think all we want to communicate is that labels are empowering, but they're also malleable. And that there's no shame in adjusting it as you move through your life. Absolutely. We're not saying you will. We're just saying it's okay if you do. Yes, absolutely. And I think that what... Um, I'm just trying to say is that like unexpected things have come from relationships where I have been as open as possible. Totally. Right. Like I have made friendships with people that I never would have thought that I would have been friends with. And that friendship looks different than any other thing that I've ever had before. Our friendship. You didn't, you didn't (laughs) like me at first. You're talking about me. (laughs) No, it's true. Um, and so I just think that there's an opportunity to, I just don't want you to close yourself in and say like, I can't have that because I am like this than to say like, what is out there? What are the opportunities for me to engage with people without any expectations around right. it? And I think why we wanted to say this is um, we don't think you're doing anything wrong. If anything, it's that we have both experienced personal shame when we when our lives took a different path mm-hmm. than we had anticipated. Yep. For me personally, Ace, like it's you know, if you've listened to the podcast in the past, I've I've always struggled with my sexuality and the legitimacy of it because I'm not 100% one or the other yep. um, and that I've never been. And I think that for me as a 32-year-old adult, it's been really important that like I give myself grace and let myself 
like look back on my life and think like, wow, look, I was just becoming more myself. And yep. every day that might have looked different. Sure. And that journey was 100% organic and 100% okay. And and if any if at any point you don't feel like this anymore, that's okay. But until then, you've got Sam and Sierra across the country trying to find asexual dating apps. <laughs> because we want you to find that love. Because Absolutely. that love is valid and real and deserves um, to be nurtured. Yep. And I would also say that 18 is also a great time to be making non-romantic relationships too, oh God, yeah. right? Like, um, and not just 18, any time is a great time yeah. to be making non-romantic relationships. And so like, just want to make sure that, um, and we've talked about this many times, is that like, don't let the pursuit of the romantic relationship get in the way of of opening up yourself to different people and different experiences right. and building different types of relationships, right? right? Totally. Like, um, I would not be the person I am if I hadn't been able to make all sorts of different relationships and all sorts of different sorts Romantic of friendships. Romantic or not, yeah. Right. And um, and times in which the pursuit of romantic relationships have gotten in the way of those friendships have been, like, not great times for me. Yeah. <laughs> Ace, we love you. We believe in you. We believe in your identity and your choices. And we really want you to meet somebody that you can develop whatever type of relationship you want with. In fact... If you check out any of those um, dating apps and need help building your dating profile, why don't you hit us up? Because we're big fans of you and we want you to find that love. Oh, absolutely. Thanks for writing. We love you. Thank you. Also, I'm really good at writing like dating profiles. Are you? Yeah, I'm really good at it. Okay. Why, I don't know why. Why didn't you help me with mine when I was you're, on OkCupid? Because you're oddly private about that. <laughs> That's true. Plus, it worked. You found Peter. <laughs> That's right, I did. On OKCupid, everybody. I actually prefer... We did know each other beforehand. I prefer OKCupid over any other dating app. It felt like the least... Superficial? Yes. Mm -hmm. Because there was like the the portion of... I felt like the bio was more robust in OKCupid. Yeah. And that the platform itself like encouraged you to read the bio before you made your decision. Yeah. Um, But with that in mind, Bumble, please sponsor us. (laughs) You are as my favorite. A, someone who uh, does not identify as a woman, I feel like, or want to date women, I feel like Bumble was not the site for me. Yeah, no, it wasn't. <laughs> okay, so our last letter today comes from Anonymous Anonymous, who's writing from The Void. Pronouns are she, her, hers. Hi, Sam and Sierra. First of all, thank you for producing such a heartwarming podcast. I feel like we're friends by now. Oh, well, we totally are. I've been listening for a while, and you both always emphasize that we all deserve love and kindness and affection. I recently got out of an intimate four-year relationship after experiencing gaslighting and being cheated on. He now is dating the girl he cheated on me with. Mm. I think that you would both say that he deserves love and happiness, too. I am struggling to reconcile how deeply and unapologetically he hurt me with his right to his own happiness. Mm. If cheating on me was how he found happiness, does that make it okay? I want to. I want hell to break loose upon him. But I feel guilty because maybe I should show him some empathy. What is right and what is wrong in the matters of the heart here? Oh, my God. So, listeners, I need you to know that I've just been super emotional all day, like crying. I literally (laughs) came over to Sam's house before we did this podcast. And I was like, I cried about how much I love you today. (laughs) He looked terrified. Um, Imagining you like sitting on your couch and just being like thinking of me and then like crying. Yeah. 
No, that's what it was. Okay. <laughs> no, I was having a conversation with a loved one and just thinking about how much I love you and how much I value our friendship. Um, anyway, this is all to say I've been super emotional today. And this letter is so valuable and real to me and hard. And answering it, I'm for sure going to cry. <laughs> Um, Anonymous, thank you for writing this. I think it's a really brave question. It is. Of, and a really hard question. Yeah. I just think that... It's even hard to... I mean, it's hard to feel. <laughs> it's hard to answer. It's It's just... It's just real. I think a lot of people will relate to this. Um, so first, maybe we can share our own experiences of like, I guess, w- when it's been... When we wished ill on people, mm-hmm. right? Like you're you're right, anonymous. Like everybody does deserve happiness. That <laughs> that that there is no. For me, it's it's hard to live in a world in which I think that people should intentionally suffer. Mm-hmm. But I know that there are bad people out there, and bad people hurt people in irrevocable ways. Yep. And unforgivable ways. And it's hard for me to say that somebody who crushes someone else or abuses someone or hurts a child or whatever, like, how do we wish them happiness, you know? Yep. And so can you speak to your, like, an ex in your life or? Yeah, I mean, I've had some bad breakups. um, And I think... uh, you know, when I when he, him, and I broke up, um, it was I wanted absolutely nothing to do with him, and I um, I really didn't like him, uh, and I wanted I wouldn't say that I wanted hell to break loose on him, but I absolutely did not want him. I didn't want to him to have any sort of happiness. I wanted him to be alone because that's what he deserved, and I wanted him to struggle in his career and like mm-hmm. never be able to like afford a car or like mm-hmm. all of these like crazy weird things that were going through my head and um and it I mean I had to come to terms with the fact that like first of all I don't get to decide that like mm-hmm. he gets to live his life because like I'm no longer part of him and I think what helped me the most was just to realize like yeah I he deserves happiness but that doesn't mean that I have to be in any way invested in that. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't have to care if he's happy. Mm. He gets to be happy and that's fine. But, like, I don't have to care. I don't need to see it. And, like, I can send vibes into the world that I'm like, I wish him the best. But that's it. Like, that's where the that's where my concern about him and his happiness and his growth ends. Yeah. It's just this feeling of he's out there somewhere. I hope that he's not dead (laughs) Mm. but like after that that's as far as my empathy has to go right yeah for me i think um i think this letter just speaks to me so clearly because i was in a really abusive relationship when i was in my early 20s that i endured and thankfully survived and it altered the way i loved and accepted love for years afterwards Mm -hmm. And I remember, like, there's a specific type of 
like hurt in which you wish someone violence. Yep. Like that I remember I remember dreaming of hurting him physically. Mm-hmm. And what like a ugly but valid and real thing that was living in me. Yep. You know, that hurt, the way that manifested in me. And I think that I just didn't know how to live in this world with that type of hurt. I didn't know how to move. It was also one of my first, it was my first abusive relationship. And it was like one of my bigger, my first bigger breakups. Right. Mm -hmm. And I just didn't know how to move on from somebody who you like my idea of love and safety and trust having that like shattered in such a weird way and being so young, like I was 23 and I just didn't, I didn't know how to exist in the world like that. Like I didn't know how to like settle it and to move forward and to know that he was living his life and that that had happened and that that was the best that we could do. Mm-hmm. Like that relationship, that shithole of a relationship was the best we could do. Mm-hmm. And he couldn't have done any better. And I couldn't have done any better because we can't do it over again. Yep. And to settle that in my heart was so difficult that I withheld forgiveness from him for years. Yep. Most importantly, because I felt like if I forgiven, if I forgave him, it would justify what he did to me. Mm. Or if I forgave him, I would no longer be protected by my pain. That like my withholding forgiveness from him meant he couldn't like I had something over him yep. that like yep. I I felt like I was on a throne and that he he knew he did bad and yep. I and I could ov- always hoard that over him and it kept me it kept me safe from him mm-hmm. you know and like anonymous like it took me a really long time to say like he was broken and he was hurting and it took me a long time to recognize that I felt pity for him and not vengefulness. Hmm. And that I I started, to be honest, I started picturing him as a little boy. Hmm. Like that at the end of the day, the worst person on the planet was a child once. Yeah. It was they were a baby and that children and babies incite such understanding and forgiveness and love and that we wish the world for them. And that isn't it sad that that child grew up to hurt in a way that hurt other people so much. And so the questions that you're asking us anonymous they're just, it's just one of the biggest, I think, realist questions we've got so mm-hmm. far on this podcast. Like, how do we accept that the people who do unthinkable things to us deserve happiness? And I think it's, I think it's a really big and bold thing of you to ask. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think to move away from, my personal experience i think we want to start talking about how do you anonymous in your heart and in your life and in because i know this infiltrated your dreams and your and your dating life and your waking life and like i know this is everywhere right now so how do you start 
moving from wishing them pain to wishing them nothing at all mm-hmm. to having him be nothing and and to speak about my ex for one more time but probably like you know <laughs> probably gonna happen again um i told you i started picturing him as a child and i started to picture him less and less and i started picturing him just as a person mm-hmm. like somebody who had done horrible things or made me re structured my whole understanding of love and my and myself he did he did this crazy reconstruction project on me but now i just view him as a person mm-hmm. that he's just another person that i would pass on the street yep. that is dealing with whatever we humans deal with yep. you know <laughs> and Absolutely. yeah yeah and i think um that also um this act of of forgiveness this act of wishing someone well doesn't mean that you have to like that person right right like if our the people that have hurt us are just random people we pass on the street that means we don't need to like them yeah like and and the 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 feeling that we have to like learn how to love them or or forgive them means that we like like them or want to be around them or whatever that's not it right? right it's like all you need to do is to extend the um extend yourself to the point at which you say you don't affect me anymore right um i hope you happiness in the same way that i wish happiness to the person my neighbor who i don't really know right or my coworker who i uh chat with by the water cooler right, right. like but that is the extent to which your investment in their happiness goes. Yeah. You say, I feel guilty because maybe I should show him some empathy, but the reality is you don't need to show him empathy. You just need to settle it somehow in you. And guess what? That took me seven years, Mm -hmm. right? That took me seven years to put it away. So you're not on any timeline other than your own heart, Right. right? Yep. And Sam, and I want you to know that everyone, you're right. Everyone does deserve happiness. And in the same breath, everyone does do fucked up things to get that happiness. Mm. But we don't have to be like 100% at peace with that to understand it. Two opposing things can be true all of the time. Absolutely. All of the time, opposition finds a home in the same body. Yep. Right? But we don't have to... We can say, yes, this is true. I loved him once. He hurt me. That hurt has led him to happiness. He was a bad person to me, but he deserves to be happy. He hurt me, but I can find happiness without him. Absolutely. Right? All of those can be true at the same time. And the tension between them, that's that's the head and heart work, yep. is leaning into that discomfort and understanding we're the capacity to which we can love people is the same capacity to which we can hurt people and be hurt. Mm-hmm. And you're right. He's out there now with somebody else and he's probably happy. Yep. And that hurts in a way that I know nothing else hurts. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't have anything to do with your pursuit of happiness. Yep. And you don't have to understand it. You don't have to accept it. You don't have to feel good for him. Yep. You just have to say, I'm done. I wish you well. Yep. Bye. 
Absolutely. I feel like I could talk about that forever. (laughs) (laughs) It's hard because I think that everybody's, just like we talked about closure earlier, like everybody's journey to that settling, to that leaning into that discomfort, accepting that dissonance looks different. And I think that's why I love our podcast because it's terrifying to do this sometimes and it takes years and or months or days, you know, like Mm -hmm. it's, it's hard. It's scary to love people, yep. but it's worth it. Absolutely. And I think um, you can still hold the fact that he hurt you in your heart while also um, figuring out how to extend the grace to him right. that he deserves to be happy. So it doesn't mean that you, you have to be nice to him. Right. It doesn't mean that you have to want to be around him. If you walk into a bar and he's there, you get to walk out immediately. Yeah. And flip him the bird. Right. You absolutely. Know? But. And so, again, like you, the extent to which you invest in him is only enough to say, like, you get to walk out of that bar and that's that's it. Right. Right. And that's where it ends. Um, and I think that you can do that. I mean, I think that we're all struggling to do that because we want to think in sort of we either or. We want pain or. to make sense. And we want pain to to have repercussions too, yeah, yes. right? Yes. Oh my God. We want pain <laughs> to have a purpose and repercussions. And the reality is, you know, me ghosting someone and not hurting them had no repercussion on my life Yeah. to turn it inward, to turn it to me. Like yeah. the worst thing, no, well, that's not true. The worst thing I've done to another person, I, I felt great repercussion for. But the idea of like, not all pain has a purpose, right? Yep. We're all on a journey. Yep. We're being taken somewhere and mm-hmm. we don't know where that is. Yep. And the best thing you can do is exactly what you're doing, Anonymous, which is reflecting and opening your heart. Absolutely. And trying to settle that pain in you. Yep. And you can you can give that pain a purpose through the head and the heart work, through learning more about yourself, through um, doing exactly what you're doing right now. Like the pain is working because it is making you figure out this complicated world in a different way. Right. And that is a beautiful, beautiful thing. Right. So I'm sorry. Like, I'm sorry that you experienced that pain. Right. But I am um, in awe of the fact that you are trying to give that pain a purpose for you. And I think that's the perfect word. I think it's it's beautiful. And I just think um, that you are doing an amazing job at doing that. And this is obviously a very emotionally affecting thing for both me and Sierra. Um, and so just know that we're sitting here with you trying to figure this out yeah. as well. We're really honored by the letter. We're honored by the work you're doing, and we're happy to do it alongside you and all of our other fantastic listeners. Absolutely. We love you. We love you all. Thank you. All right. So this brings us to the blind date segment of our episode. Every week we like to set you up with something that we think is awesome. This week's blind date is... Jeopardy. Oh, my God. I hate <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> Jeopardy is on Hulu and Netflix. Oh my god, you're such a nerd. <laughs> I can't even I can't handle the emotional hairpin turn we just did. I'm like, here's like my heart, like the, my past trauma, and you're like, I'll take emotional intimacy for five hundred, Alex. <laughs> Absolutely. Um Today, I this afternoon, before you came over, I was like watching Jeopardy and painting my nails and was like, this is fantastic. Yeah. So you just want to share this goodness with the rest of the world. I do. And it's- I felt like I didn't 
I knew that this was going to be an emotional episode, right. and I thought, let's just bring some levity into it. And Jeopardy is like so great. Also, what's fantastic about it is that there are no commercials, <laughs> which is like when you watch Jeopardy on TV, it's like 12 minutes of commercials. And right. you're like, can we just get it on? And then. Yeah. Can we just get it on? Yeah, exactly. Get on with it. It's the right <laughs> phrase. But on Netflix, you just watch it and it's like 19 minutes. Right. Fun questions. All of the people are like adorably dorky. Hashtag things that make us happy. <laughs> yeah. Jeopardy. This this afternoon. That's what it was for me. Fantastic. <laughs> All right. Thank you for listening. Uh, you can like us on Facebook or you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Just Break Up Pod. You can slide into our DMs, send us your favorite relationship memes, and most importantly, you can send us all questions about matters of the heart at justbreakuppod.com. That's also where you can find our Patreon. If you'd like to subscribe to support this Patreon, Patreon we love providing it for you for free, but it is not free to make. Please don't forget to subscribe and leave a five-star rating and review. This this helps us keep the lights on and helps us reach more brokenhearted souls who need two people giving them relationship advice. Original music, recording, and producing by our friend Big Cats. Make sure to check out his podcast, The What If Podcast. And remember, the way you were loved or loved someone in the past is not a blueprint to the love of the future. It is not a map to show you where your next love lives. It's not even an instruction manual about how people will treat you in the future. It is not a limitation on the love that you deserve now. It's true. No matter what you did, no matter how you got where you are right now, you are worthy of love. You are worthy of understanding. And even though that's hard to get to sometimes, You still are a whole beautiful person that's on this crazy journey of humanity, making a hundred mistakes and a hundred wrong turns. And eventually that's going to lead you to a better understanding of yourself and others. There is an ocean of possibility at every moment. Every moment is a new world. And we're really lucky to share it with you. And if all else fails. Just break up. (laughs) 